This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Fulham 1, Liverpool 1. Reds miss the chance to move clear at the top of the Premier League. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome to the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel as we bring you reaction to Mohamed Salah's late penalty rescuing a point at Craven Cottage. Coming up, Jurgen Klopp on a possible foul in the build-up to Fulham's opener. Not sure what the Mason's doing at home, but that's not normal contact in football. The Echo's chief Liverpool writer, Ian Doyle. can do without an away record now that's in the Premier League taken into consideration the end of last season it's only three wins in 12 on the road plus our regular contributors have their say as the injuries begin to mount again but the man who can get us through this other than Jurgen Klopp of course is Hendo um, I saw him marshalling Sadio Mane to, to get tighter on his man when they were picking up at the corner and he's just the driving force and it's wonderful to see insight analysis and opinion all to come here on the post-game podcast the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Another Premier League away game, another slight disappointment for Liverpool. They've drawn one all here at Craven Cottage against struggling Fulham. Uh, it was a very disjointed Liverpool performance. They uh, fell behind in the first half through a, a goal from Bobby Reid. We'll uh, come on to that in a minute, but... To be perfectly honest, after 35 minutes, Liverpool were doing well to only lose, be losing 1-0. Such was the level of the performance. They were very slow in starting the game. If you remember the game against Aston Villa where they lost 7-2, the game recently at Brighton where they drew one all, they started slowly then. Uh, against Brighton, they were able to uh, you know, basically ride that particular storm and almost got a victory against Villa. They obviously fell apart, but here it was down to the goalkeeping of Alison Becker that kept them from, certainly... From from going further behind before the break, Allison was back in the uh, the starting lineup, having uh, missed the previous three games with a hamstring problem. But there was a bit of a debate over that opening goal. Scored on 25 minutes. Uh, Jurgen Klopp claimed a foul on Mohamed Salah in the build-up by uh, Fulham's former Everton player Anthony Robinson. And to be fair, it did look from where I was sat as though there was a push in the back. But whether or not that was enough for uh, VAR to overturn the. Uh, Goal, clearly not. Uh, it's an interesting one because it's one of those where if it had happened in the box and Salah had been pushed, it would have almost certainly been a penalty. Uh, funny enough, just be, uh, a couple of minutes before that, Liverpool had survived a, a, a VAR penalty shout uh, from, from Fulham. Uh, Fabinho had, had made a tackle on Ivan Cavaliero just by the uh, byline. Uh, it didn't look as though there was anything in it, but uh, and the referee gave a corner. But after uh, two or three minutes of going over it and checking it, VAR, uh, the VAR Lee Mason, he decided that uh, Andre Mariner, the referee, should go and have a look at his pitch side monitor. And it was an interesting one because normally you'd fully expect uh, the referee then to overturn the decision and, and give the penalty. That's the way things have been going. But Mariner look, looked at it. Stuck to his uh, stuck to his guns and, and stood by his initial decision. So again, that was a, a kind of a, a it was one of those ones where in, in if there was no VAR, nobody would have been claimed for a penalty. And Scott Parker, the Fulham manager, said that after the game. But what he also did say is he'd seen a replay. He thought it was a penalty, a clear penalty, and he can't understand why it wasn't given. So again, VAR rather than t- you know helping matters has, has only confused them even further. And we've been talking about that in many games. But what you you couldn't. That couldn't detract, sorry, from the fact that Liverpool were so poor in those opening 35 minutes. They created nothing defensively. They were a little bit, uh, not as much at sea, but uh, Fulham were just taking the ball long, uh, looking to play down the uh, the wings with the pace of uh, Adam Luckman in particular, who, uh, who uh, gave Trent Alexander-Arnold a, a particularly testing time to the point where Alexander-Arnold actually went off midway through the second half. He was probably Liverpool's least impressive performer, although there were one or two others, certainly in that first half, who were 
almost as uh, disappointing as Trent. Uh, Liverpool, though, second half, certainly towards the end of the first half, they started to look as though they were getting together a little bit. Second half, they they played reasonably okay without ever looking as though they were going to go on and create an awful lot of chances. They did get an equaliser with 11 minutes remaining. That was a a penalty from Mohamed Salah. That was uh, one after Gini Wijnaldum's free kick had uh, struck uh, the Fulham substitute Kamara on the, I think it was the elbow actually, or certainly the round there. He was in the defensive wall, he jumped up and it hit him and referee Andrew Marano was right there. He gave the spot kick straight away and VAR saw no reason to disagree with it. And uh, you know Salah's penalty wasn't particularly well struck. The goalkeeper Ariola actually got a decent hand to it, but it still went in. And that ultimately earned Liverpool a point. What was interesting from that particular instance though is that the free kick had been won by a good run by Curtis Jones and in the second half Jones in particular he shone he uh, he did he had what another good run where he, he drew a good save from the from the goalkeeper and he was somebody who could you know one of the very few positives that could be taken from the game another one was the performance of Takumi Minamino who came on at half time the reason he was on was because Joel Matip had to go off at uh, half time he's got a uh, he's got a he had suffered Jurgen Klopp later said he suffered a back spasm uh, and he's uh, it's well hopeful he could play against Tottenham Hotspur on uh, on Wednesday in the big top of the table clash. We'll have to see on that one. But uh, rather than bring on Nat Phillips, Klopp, young Klopp decided to bring uh, Jordan Henderson back into a centre back position and alongside Fabinho, which obviously meant that Liverpool had two midfielders playing at centre back. And to be fair, Henderson played played reasonably well. Anyway, he actually came closest to scoring what would have been Liverpool's second goal. Or I think it was a. a, a Pretty sure it was at the time. It was still one nil when he was played in by uh, Firmino and uh, inside the the area after a, he'd been up for a set piece and uh, he possibly could have done better with his finish, but it was still a good save by Ariola. But ultimately, Liverpool in, in open play didn't create that much other than those chances I mentioned. That was round about it. As I say, Fulham in the first half had uh, about two or three decent openings, which Allison managed to repel. He was another you know, fairly positive uh, story for Liverpool in that sense. Another was the fact that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain was on the bench. He was uh, that's the first time he's he didn't come on, but it's the first time he's been involved in a in a match day squad uh, this season after having had a, a long term knee problem. Which which obviously brings us on to the the other worries of the day is the fact that Jurgen Klopp before the game confirmed that both Diogo Jota and Costa Simicast could be out for between six and eight weeks with uh, knee problems. And when you add in the fact that Matip again. Uh, he picked up an injury. Naby Keita wasn't involved. He had a fitness issue. And you've, you've already got the likes of Thiago Alcantara out. We know that Virgil van Dijk and uh, Joe Gomez are out long term. And then there's also James Milner and, uh, and Jordan Shakiri. So Liverpool still have a fair amount of players out. And they're coming up to a, a particularly busy time of the year. They could do without it, you know, being without so many players, especially when Jurgen Klopp will be looking to rotate in the same way that they can do without an away record now that's in the Premier League taking into consideration the end of last season it's only three wins in 12 on the road uh, and it's only seven points from 18 only the one defeat to to Aston Villa uh, with four draws and and one victory but and even the victory came against 10 men which was uh, at Chelsea back in uh, back in September but that's probably you know if you're going to be winning a title you need to be doing a little bit better than that on the road but from a positive from a from a certainly from a a point of view of taking some positivity from the game is the fact that Liverpool didn't play particularly well for a large part of the game never really convinced when they were actually playing well but they still managed to come away with a with a draw which you know as I've mentioned in my verdict I think uh, when Klopp got on the team bus heading out of Craven Cottage you'd think uh, Liverpool got away with the one there because they did Ian Doyle down at Craven Cottage watching on as Liverpool lacked their usual fluency against Fulham 
Mohamed Salah then with his 13th of the season to rescue a point in the end, but plenty of talking points nonetheless. Here's Jurgen Klopp speaking with the media, beginning with his take on how the game played out. First time supporters here for a long, long time. Obviously created an atmosphere and we helped Fulham a lot to, to, to create that atmosphere actually. Um, they obviously played different to the way they usually play. A lot of direct balls, love to seek, high balls, second ball five, these kind of things. And um, a lot of freaks, these kind of things. I think there's a lot of set pieces in the first half. So that's how it is. But with the ball, I didn't like our game, obviously. Um, and but that there's a lot of loud shouting from outside from, from all the coaches. Um, you could saw that a little bit in the first half, like for 15 minutes, the second half, then with the half time, it had massively was much better. And I think in the first half now we could have lost the game. In the next 60 minutes, we should have won it. Um, at the end, we get a point. Yeah, that's it. Alan. Some back for you in goal. You said you could have lost it in the in the in the first half. So so you know how, how important was he? How much did he keep you in that match? Oh, a lot. Obviously, Ali. You could see in one or two situations that uh, he needs rhythm as well. But in the key moments, he was there. Um, sensation saves, obviously, and um, yeah, of course, I felt that. Um, but the goalkeeper on the other side uh, had a pretty important job to do as well. So that's how the game was. Thanks, Ian. We haven't had any more hands up. I'm presuming people aren't using it if they're on smartphones. Wait, which case, can I just ask about Joel then? Well, we've got Joel some, came. Let me go to John Cross and then to Matt Dunn, I think. John Cross from Hi, Jürgen. Can I just ask you, please, about the um, some of the decisions, really? Did you feel um, uh, uh, as if that was a foul? I mean, the, the, the VAR... Uh, have said it was described as normal contact, um, Robinson on Salah in the build-up to um, Fulham's goal. Did you feel as if that was a foul, having seen it? Could, could I um, ask for your opinion, just for interest? I know you will tell me your opinion is not important. It's important for me just to know what you think. I, okay, to, to be perfect, to be perfectly honest, to be. No, 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 no. I'll be all right. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you then, and um, and and say I could see I could see both sides. I, I didn't think it was the most blatant of all, um, but horribly sitting on the fence, you could you, you know you could see why it would have been given as well. Sorry to completely dodge question, but I do think I do think your opinion is much more relevant than mine, Jurgen. What what did you think? You clearly thought it was. Both opinions are. Nil point nil irrelevant um, um, because this, we cannot change the decision. So it's a clear foul, nothing else. It's not a yellow card offense, not a red card offense, it's nothing else. The player who passed the ball, who gives the assist, I think Robinson has to assist for the goal. Um, <laughs> with pushing, gets an advantage and can gets the ball. If he doesn't push more, then it's a different challenge and more gets the ball. It's a header. The ball can theoretically still go in the box. I don't know, but we don't have to ask for that. There's an advantage and it's not about how hard the foul is in this case. It's just an advantage. It should. Two hands. By Lee Mason, the VR says, this is, a, what, what was the exact words for the VR used? It, it's, it's been described as a, a VAR clarification as normal contact by Robinson on Salah. <laughs> Yeah, not sure what Lee Mason is doing at home, but that's not normal contact in football. Um, it's normal contact, yeah, of course. It's not a massive, it's not a, real, not a big deal, but it's a 
enough contact to get an advantage. That's why it's a, it's a problem. But we cannot change it. So I only spoke about it because you asked. Actually, don't jump. Yeah. Don't jump. You can and by the way, Joe has a spasm in his back. Oh, a spasm. Um, yeah, you will see. You will see. In a moment, nothing else. Um, she gets. He got already treatment. We'll get treatment, and we will see. There's, I think there's a chance for Wednesday. Right. Okay. So it's not that. It's not that bad. In 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 those sort of terms. Not, Thank not you. at the moment. Okay, John, if you can come to news, um, uh, Matt Don, and then we could do that. Will be us awesome unless we get any more hands, Matt. Don. Hi, hi, Jurgen. Um, hi. on the old injury and everything, um, is there a worse time to be struggling for centre backs than when you're about to go up against Harry Kane and Jungmann Son? Probably not, but we are not struggling with numbers on centre back position. We have still; they are just now getting younger and younger. That's how it is. We still have centre back, um, and um, today we. Brought handle on, on that position. So, situations like this. So, um, I, I actually hope that um, Joel is, should, will be fine, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, um, and then we have to find a solution. That's how football season is. Huh? Jurgen Klopp with plenty to ponder in defence then ahead of Tottenham and Jose Mourinho's visit to Anfield on Wednesday. Plenty more to come here on post-game as Lauren, Steve and Matt Whitty all have their say. Plus, we'll get reaction from our Blood Red podcast Facebook group. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Lauren Black to give my thoughts after Liverpool leave London with a point after a 1-1 draw with Fulham. Um, I think we can all agree that was a very poor showing from Liverpool this evening. I'm not quite sure what was up with the players in the first half especially, um, but it certainly wasn't good enough. Fulham had the better of us for the full 45 minutes and deserved to be leading 1-0 at the break. And if it wasn't for Alisson, it may have been more. The Brazilian was thrown straight back into action after having a few games off, but he proved why he's one of the best in the world with some really good saves, some well-timed saves to keep us in the game. Obviously, VAR got itself involved yet again after Fabinho's challenge. Um, upon the initial challenge, I thought it was a really good one. Again, when you see it, the replay, you can see why it's being looked at, but then it doesn't take four minutes to to decide that that's not a penalty, that Fabinho did actually get a touch on the ball, but... You know, used to it now. VAR always likes it likes to get itself involved and be one of the one of the top stories. But yeah, um, definitely didn't need four minutes to to decide on whether that was a penalty or not. I think Fabinho deserves a mention for some great defending that he's done again. Yet yet again in another game, he became the most senior centre back in the second half, and he's not even a centre back himself. Which you know just proves the type of player he is. Obviously, Joel Matip goes off injured at half time, which doesn't really help us either. And I think that needs to be a talking point. How long are we going to go now with with no centre backs basically in our squad? Um, you know, it's not fair to put Jordan Henson. He, he did really well. I thought you know filling in that centre back role with Fabinho in the second half, but you can't expect him to play there for a couple of games. And you can't, you know, you can't expect Nat Phillips and Reese Williams to come back in yet again and sort of fill that void. So, who knows? But I think questions need to be asked of Matt up now, and that might sound harsh, but you know, he's had a lot of injuries over his time at Liverpool, and you know, he's only just come back from one. He didn't, he didn't play, you know, midweek, and he's played forty-five minutes a day, and he's he's felt something. So, 
hopefully it's not a really a really bad injury and then he's out for a long period of time but you know we can't really afford to have any more players out at the minute i thought we played a lot better in the second half we still weren't quite at the races but we did definitely perform better um it was just uh, just a really frustrating game from us i think obviously mo salah gets his goal off a penalty which was a penalty handball in the box obviously i've, I've got no idea upon the rules in handball anymore but it looked a pen to me and everyone thought so and obviously Salah gets his goal the keeper very nearly saves it as well which was a heart in the mouth moment but I think we're very lucky to walk away with a point we were obviously on top in the second half but you know we shouldn't be going away to Fulham we were bottom of the table you know fighting relegation already and, and performing the way we did um Four credit to Fulham now, who didn't even look like a, like a team at the bottom of the table. They played with no fear and took the game to Liverpool at times and from the very first minute, you know, put us under pressure so they thoroughly deserved their point. I just want to mention Curtis Jones quickly as well. I thought he was our best outfield player today. Um, he didn't hide and allow everyone else around him to try and make something happen. He took control of the game and forced us forward and got us in some really good positions in the final third. Obviously, one of the free kick that led to the penalty and then almost scored the winner near the end after a great run to midfield. But his shot just didn't have enough power to take it past the goalkeeper. But that would have been you know, his moment and he would have been a hero f- for that moment. But a lot of people wondered how much game time he'd get this season, considering the squad we started off with. But I think that was his seventh start in, te- in 10 matches so far this season for us. So, and yeah, although it probably is down to us having several injuries in the midfield area, he hasn't let us let, he hasn't let that stop him from making an impression on us as, us as the fans. And he's clearly made an impression on Klopp too. Um, but Spurs up next on Wednesday night, which is going to be a huge game. It already was, but it always, almost feels even bigger now, um, considering the results this weekend. But it's a must-win game. Um, and hopefully we get all three points from that. Lauren Black with her say on the draw with Fulham, and of course they're looking ahead to the game with Tottenham on Wednesday. Let's now, though, get into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Ralph writes, our away record is starting to concern me now. We were very lucky to come away with a point today. Fulham were a lively, speedy bunch, looked nothing like a team 17th place in the table. Have to think having a healthy Jota and Thiago would have been massive today. Instead, it was a Minamino and a Rigi. Oh, well, we go again up the Reds. Jonathan Ho says, disappointing start to the game. Most likely questions will be asked about the potential hangover from the Champions League. Fulham looked a different side, showed great attitude and desire, won all the 50-50s in the first half an hour. Once we came into it, we created enough chances to win the game. Had the equaliser come earlier, I think we would have gone on to nick the three points. Draw was about right, but we really should be winning these games, even with the injuries we have. Rob Dixon writes, second half was more like the team that destroyed Wolves, but Fulham deserve credit. They held on to the game and we looked tired at the end. Curtis played a blinder and Tacky doesn't get credit. He's a fighter and rarely loses a one-on-one. And finally, Sarah Downey-Ruiz Velasco says, it's a shame to waste an opportunity to go first on points before playing Spurs. The first half was especially painful to watch. No matter, we go again on Wednesday and I'm hoping 
the news around Matip isn't bad. You'll never walk alone. To get involved yourself, just head to Facebook, search for Blood Red Podcast and join the group. It is really that easy. Before we go, time to hear from Steve Dawson. But before him, Matt Whitty. Well, Liverpool leave West London with just a point. Uh, which I think was a, a fair result on the balance of on the balance of play. First half, Fulham were outstanding. Um, we really struggled to play through them. Uh, they gave us no space, uh, five at the back, and there was no room for either Robertson or, or Trent to really impose themselves. They dealt with their crosses very well. Uh, we played quite a lot of long balls forward, which they just hoovered up. Uh, none of them really created created anything. And then going the other way, they looked really dangerous with. Loftus-Cheek using his strength in the number 10 position and always having outlets in the form of Cavaliero and Lookman who caused us problems throughout really. Um, they got the goal and it was it was deserved really. It was uh, a little bit unusual in that it came not long after uh, a penalty decision that VAR checked forever. I mean they must have looked, I mean I think I think the review went on for about three minutes or so and they looked at the the, the, the tackle 20 or 30 times and I know for offside lines and whether things happen in or out the box is sort of a yes no decision but there really was not a clear and obvious bar for them to to sort of keep pursuing it for for that long I think most of the angles it looked like Fabinho got his foot underneath the attackers uh, underneath the attacker's foot and got a toe on the ball but yeah, they looked at it and uh, fair play to Andre Mariner for sticking to his guns under all the pressure that it gives you when you go over and review the decision. Uh, Fulham scored and it was a, it was a lovely finish for the for the goal. Um, it looked, did look like to me there was a push on, on Salah. Uh, maybe it was a foul, maybe not. But I mean, he, if he goes down, I'm, I'm sure he gives it and VAR didn't seem to be uh, too fast. So the goal, the goal stood. Uh, just towards the end of the first half, uh, there did look to be some sort of incident with a trip on Mane in the box, but VAR seemed happy enough and uh, they didn't show any replays either in, in half-time or, or in the second half. So, But you've got to say that it was a, it was a fair score on the, on the balance of play. Uh, second half was much better from Liverpool. Um, obviously a bit worrying to see Matip go off injured and uh, Henderson have to slot in at centre-back. So meant that for the second half, we had two central midfielders playing at centre-back and I thought both of them were, were excellent. I thought Fabinho was our best player today, but I thought Henderson was brilliant. And actually, Henderson really did a, a, a combined role in the second half. I mean, there was uh, a point in the second half where he played a 1-2 on the edge of the Fulham area and uh, it was a brilliant save by the Fulham keeper, by Ariola, um, down low to his to his right with after a left-footed effort from Henderson. So, uh, yeah, I thought Henderson was excellent. I thought Fabinho was our best player. Um, in the first half, it really showed the difference having a top-class keeper. I thought that Alisson was excellent with three really good saves, um, two one-on-ones and one uh, from uh, from further out that I thought he was uh, he was excellent at and his distribution was was classy as ever. I thought Curtis Jones um, had a really, really good second half. Uh, there was one weaving run in particular uh, where he dribbled through everybody, but again, their, their goalkeeper made a made a good save and it was obviously Curtis Jones that was fouled for the free kick that led to the led to the penalty and you know the handball rule is what it is it's a bit of a nonsense but that's just the that's just the rules at the moment so yeah join top um feels feels like an opportunity opportunity missed uh but yeah you know it was a it was a fair result overall so we've just got to focus now on a another tricky week with Tottenham coming to Anfield on Wednesday and then the dreaded early lunchtime kickoff on Saturday away to Palace. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 1-1 draw at Craven Cottage. Very disappointing day to drop points against the team that, well, they look better than they started the season, don't they, Fulham? But to draw 
against this team and effectively drop two points. And let's face it, we were not too far away from dropping three points. Is disappointing, particularly in a weekend where so many of our our current obvious rivals and presumably rivals come the end of the season um, couldn't get the full quota of points that they were up for. It, it was a shame that we couldn't start to open up a bit of a gap. Also disappointing that we that we have injury problems. Wait and see how serious the the problems are with John Massive. Apparently had a back problem. Uh, Narby wasn't even in the on the bench, and I think there's a, a problem with him. Uh, like we really can afford any more players on the sideline, it's going to be a, a huge issue. Even as we have players coming back, and uh, in some ways it was nice that we didn't have to put Oxley Chamberlain on the field today. Maybe he can have a. A uh, significant part to play against Tottenham in midweek. I thought uh, Fulham had a, a really electric start right from the off. I mean, they were just moving the ball around at quite a pace. And I didn't think we were up to that pace for some time. It was inevitable that they couldn't keep that pace up for the whole game. But we weren't really in the match during the first half. I can't remember uh, a decent chance that we had in the first 45 minutes and they could have, they could have been more than a goal up. I think that's for sure. I think uh, Fabinho's tackle was a penalty. I think VAR, for me, clearly showed that. I think it was wrong that the referee took the trouble to go all the way over there and then did not give a penalty. I, I can't see what his thinking was. I still think this clear and obvious thing is a nonsense. If you can see it's a mistake, it's a mistake. Clear and obvious, it was clear. <laughs> I just think, I just think they, they should have had a penalty. But I don't think Fulham's goal should have stood because Mo, to me, clearly got pushed in the back. He made a bit of a meal of it, which probably didn't work in his favour. But I suppose that's a wash. In total, they would still have been one 0 up at half time. But for some good goalkeeping from Alison Becker, good to see him back. Although obviously Kelleher did well in Alison's absence. I found it really surprising that Bobby was coming very deep, so very, very deep in the first half. He was even deeper than Jordan Henderson at times. And I feel like it must have been an instruction from Jürgen because it was consistent. It wasn't just an isolated event. He kept coming back, looking for the ball, trying to pick the ball up from the defenders. And I'm not sure what purpose it served. Uh, he... When, we, when he's in possession, that's clearly a good thing, but we don't necessarily want him to have possession in in, in our third or, or deep in the middle third of the field. I thought Jeannie Wijnaldum was quiet. I'm not saying that's particularly surprising because he's played a lot of football recently and that's largely because we've, we've had so many injuries. It would be nice to give Jeannie a rest uh, shortly. Curtis Jones has played a lot of football as well and he had a fabulous game, I thought. I thought Fabinho did well. Um, Jordan Henderson had a, had a super first half anchoring the midfield. And then when he had to drop into defence because of the problem that Matip apparently had with his back. Again, first class. I mean, I'm, I'm really starting to appreciate Jordan Henderson more than I ever have before. You know, after all he's achieved for the club, he seems to be so valuable, so versatile, such an asset to have. And 
I'm so glad he's back in the side and fit because this is going to be a difficult time for us to pick up points. And every team in the Premier League that has a ambition to do well this season seems to be dropping points all over the place, which is some compensation. But the man who can get us through this, other than Jurgen Klopp, of course, is Hendo. Um, I saw him marshalling Sadio Mane to, to get tighter on his man when they were picking up at a corner. and He's just the driving force and... It's wonderful to see. In the end, this isn't a disaster because everyone else seems to drop points. But it would be nice for us to get some performances in away from home. I think we've only won once in the Premier League away from home. Um, we're drawing an awful lot. And, you know, a draw is in some ways almost as, as bad as a loss, dropping two points. We need to we need to pick things up. And let's hope that the midweek game is the start of a new run of form. And we can try and turn around the margin of goal difference that, that Tottenham have over us. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Steve Dawson following on from Matt Whitty. Contrasting views there on the VAR talking points in the game at Craven Cottage. Don't forget, though, 11am on Monday, Blood Red will bring you live reaction to the draw for the last 16 in the Champions League as we wait to see who Liverpool will draw. Join us on the Blood Red YouTube channel or the Liverpool Echoes Liverpool FC Facebook page, as I say, from 11am on Monday. But as the Reds make the long journey home after the draw with Fulham, the question remains, will Jose bring the bus on Wednesday or will his Spurs side go full throttle? You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.